Gritty Pretty acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast was recorded on Gadigal country of the Eora Nation. Do you know your hyaluronic from your niacinamide? Want to know what slugging is? Have you ever wondered what your favourite celebrities really put on their skin at night to wake up looking like that? Welcome to Beauty Talk, Gritty Pretty's podcast where we talk shop about the biggest trends in beauty. We review the products you need to know and we interview some of the industry's biggest and well-known names. This is Lily Reinhardt. I'm Miranda Kerr. I'm Drew Barrymore. Hello everyone, it's Gritty Pretty's beauty editor, Rose Garnett here. And this week I am so excited to share a special episode of Beauty Talk with you. Today's episode is with none other than the cover star of our June 2023 issue, Sarah Ellen. As one of Australia's most recognisable fashion darlings, Sarah probably doesn't need an introduction, but I'm going to give you one anyway. At just 26 years old, she has been in the fashion and entertainment industry for over 10 years, and her talent has spanned fashion, modelling, acting, singing, and most notably, art. Now a bona fide artist in her own right, Sarah had her debut solar exhibition earlier this year. She is now working on honing her artistic voice and expanding her skill set to explore different mediums, materials and finishes. In short, this is only the beginning for Sarah Ellen. In this interview, Sarah chats about where she finds her inspiration, how she overcomes self-doubt and, of course, her beauty philosophy. You can also read the full interview in the 36th issue of Gritty Pretty magazine over on grittypretty.com.au, which we have also linked in the show notes. Now, let's get into today's chat with Sarah Ellen. Sarah, welcome to Beauty Talk. How are you today? I'm so good. Thank you for having me. Of course. We are not only so excited to have you on Beauty Talk today, but we're also so excited because you are the cover star of our 36th issue of Gritty Pretty magazine, which fittingly is the creativity issue. So, of course, we could think of no one better to grace the cover. But before we jump into your incredible career, which has spanned fashion and art and entertainment, we would love to know a little bit more about what makes you, you. So, where did you grow up and how did your childhood shape the woman that you are today? Okay, well, thank you for such a beautiful introduction, firstly. And also, I just want to say thank you. I feel absolutely honored to be on the cover. It was such a beautiful day with such a dreamy team, um, with Duncan on the photography, Georgia Roman on the makeup, and Jess Remedius on the styling. It was bound to be um, a great shoot. So, yeah, it was an awesome day. And back to your question, um, I grew up in the western suburbs of Sydney. I loved growing up in the West. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have much, but the things that we did have, we appreciated a lot. And it taught me to appreciate the little things in life and find beauty in all things because, you know, it's it's not the most beautiful place in the world, but to me, it was my entire world. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know anything different and at that point and I loved it and I still do. When I look back, I just remember having the fondest memories um, in all the homes that I lived in and I... Yeah, I owe it to my parents um, for being so supportive um, 
because without them, I, I wouldn't be where I am today. So, um, yeah. 100%. I think when you have, like, wherever you grow up, that will always be home. I definitely agree with that. Like, it doesn't matter where it is or, like, where you now live. You're always like, that's just home to me. And I will always love mm-hmm. that place. Yeah, um, very much. And how old were you when you realized that you wanted to build a career in the creative industries? And I guess, how did you get your foot in the door? Because the entertainment industry, the fashion industry, it's notoriously difficult to crack. So how did you kind of get the ball rolling once you'd realized that was what you wanted to do? Um, I think the first time I felt influenced to do something creative was when I was... The first time I can remember was that I was about six years old. I snuck into my grandmother's art studio, which was her garage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember being so mesmerized by all of the colors. And that was the first time I, um, I guess I ever felt an affinity towards art. Mm-hmm. Um, so those experiences sneaking into my grandma's art studio definitely influenced me um but i um after high school i well i left school to actually study at the fashion industry and i think i got my foot in the door because um margaret zhang who is now the editor of vogue china Mm -hmm. um but back then she 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 was uh a writer she had a, a blog and she was also a stylist and photographer she was actually teaching a class at the Fashion Institute mm-hmm. and um, she kind of just picked me out of the class um, and was like, hey, do you want to come to my house and shoot with me? <laughs> and I remember thinking it was like the biggest deal ever. Yeah. She was only a couple of years. She is still only a couple of years older than me. It's pretty crazy. I think she's 30 or something now and I'm 25. Um, but... Yeah, after after we hung out at her house that one time in Coogee, we really hit it off. Um, we did a couple of fashion weeks together. She took me under her wing. I think she even introduced me to IMG at the time. Um, and, yeah, so I think that's kind of like that was my real introduction to the industry. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, it was, it was through remarks. That's quite an incredible story because, I mean, I think we're all very proud of Margaret in her appointment as editor-in-chief of Vogue China. I remember when that announcement came out and we were all in the office and I was like, I remember watching her on Fashion Bloggers, that TV show, and I was like, I always thought she was so cool and now she's like such a big deal and I love it. Yeah. Well, she's the youngest um, Vogue editor in the world. Yeah. I think she was, she was 27 when they announced it. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> So I can only imagine how you would feel as someone who, I mean, she was one of your direct mentors. Like that would just be a real full circle moment for you. It was, it was crazy, but I was also not really surprised Mm. because I never met anyone that works harder than Margaret. She's so disciplined. She doesn't drink coffee. Well, I don't know know if this is still true. Um, (laughs) You're like, fact check that now that she's editor in chief of a magazine. (laughs) She, She didn't, she didn't drink alcohol from memory and she didn't drink coffee. And so she would just work so hard. Um, you know, from 
and it, it all came from her own motivation. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it was, um, it was incredible. I remember being in Paris with her and we would stay at the same Airbnb, um, for fashion week. And she would be up at like 5am, like doing a workout and then, but she would also stay up until like 2am, you know, chatting to the Australians on the Australian time zone, um, sending emails and then going to shows all day and then going to events. And it was, um, it was really inspiring. Mm. You know, she definitely, her work ethic rubbed off a lot on me. Um, and so when it was announced, um, uh, you know, that she was in her new role, I, I wasn't, I wasn't surprised because I was like, of course, Margaret's the editor. And yeah, naturally. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, now you br- touched on this briefly, but you kind of started out on social media and then obviously slowly made your way into acting and onto the fashion scene through modeling. What was your favorite thing about modeling as an outlet for creative expression? Um, my favorite thing about modeling, even to this day, is just being able to watch and learn from some of, you know, the most talented creatives um, in the industry. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I love watching stylists and makeup artists and photographers do their thing and, and seeing their process. I, I've always found that to be really cool. And as a young woman in the fashion industry and I guess the entertainment industry as well, obviously, that can come with some challenges and it, it's not always easy. How? What were some of the challenges that you faced and how did you overcome them? And how did, I guess, overcoming them put you in good stead as, as a woman in the industry who's like kind of finding her feet? Mm, that is a good question. Um Wow, challenges. I mean, I have to say I've been I've been pretty blessed and I can't really complain about a lot, so I'm not going to, but um but being in the, in this industry um and you know, I don't think it's that different with other industries. It's probably the same. Mm. If you're a school teacher or a nurse um or a, a writer, but um you know, you you're constantly showing up to work and you have to be photographed and and on, you know? Yeah. If you're having a bad day or a bad week or you're going through something, um, you have to seriously, like, suppress that to get through the day mm-hmm. or the shoot or the event. And I find that challenging, you know? Like, I don't know. I just, yeah, I, I don't know. I... I find that challenging because it's like you have to pretend that you're okay at all times. Yeah. These, with these events, you have to go, you know, at least once a week, sometimes twice a week at the end of the year, it's, it's almost every day (laughs) and you know, you're not always going to be okay. So, um, it's just to answer your question, it's taught me to be, you know, kinder to people, to the people that are around you because you never know what's going on in their world and, and what they might be suppressing too mm-hmm. just the day. So, um, so yeah, I think it's kind of shaped me in that way to just have a lot more understanding and, and empathy for, for everybody. 100%. I even have a newfound respect for models and modeling since working in the industry because I've done maybe one or two photo shoots for Gritty Pretty. And I don't, I just don't know how you guys do it every single day. Like 
it's it is so challenging to like be on and be in front of the camera and feel and if you're not feeling confident to make it look like you're feeling confident and to just kind of face that it's quite raw in in that way in that you're kind of faced with whatever you're feeling that day but you have to pretend that you're all okay and that you're feeling your best and you're looking your best how do you kind of what are some things that you do to kind of get yourself to that point if you are having a low day but you are on a photo shoot and you need to work that's a good question (laughs) um well i I actually had a shoot last week where I just had like a very terrible night and and I, you know, I I don't want to blame the full moon, but like it was... I think oh, it was blame like, away. I always do. <laughs> yeah, I was feeling so emotional and so dramatic and I remember I was on the way to this shoot and I was crying in the Uber and I would, one of the things that I did to get back to that that kind of just like confident safe space was I called one of my girlfriends and I was like I just need you to hype me up mm-hmm. and um that always works so just call a friend and just get them to remind you you know that you're okay and you're safe and um and yeah sometimes you just need a hype a hype man yeah um, so that's one thing but breathing breathing taking a lot of deep breaths doing like I sometimes put my headphones in do a 10 minute kind of meditation um and also just being honest sometimes like you know some of the most vulnerable moments in my life have been in a makeup artist's chair yeah and I'm just like you know today it's 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 a tough day um and just being real and I think when you're real with the people around you you gain respect from them because mm-hmm. no one no one wants to pretend no one likes to be fake and you'll be surprised um how people just want to support you and make sure you're okay yeah you know people are just afraid of being vulnerable because they don't know how it will be received but you know nine times out of ten i think people are actually down to to listen to what's going on and and you don't have to go into it and you don't have to you know like um you don't have to, yeah, sometimes it's not appropriate to just go into everything, but just just let them know, you know, I'm not having the best day today and I think people will be kinder to you and, and that's that's what I found for me. So, yeah, I guess just call a friend, take some deep breaths and just let the people around you know that maybe you're not going, you're not going to have, or you're not having the best day and, mm-hmm. um, and they'll understand. 100%. Now, in recent years, you've moved beyond modeling and fashion to pursue a career as an artist. Um, and your pieces are truly incredible. I remember when I saw a, the first couple on Instagram, and I was like, oh my God, she's just, she can do it all, can't she? There's just nothing she can't do. Um, but what made you take that leap into art? I know you said that your earliest, one of your earliest memories was going into your grandma's art. Um, studio in her garage but what kind of made you I guess think okay this is what I want to do I want to really put everything into building a career as an artist and what was that transition period like in terms of getting people to take you seriously in a bit of a new industry um well I think in the fashion industry I I've always felt like a bit of a spectator, you know, being at shows and watching incredible designs go down the runway. And, you know, I've always had such an 
admiration for the, the um, masterminds behind the designs. But I always knew that eventually I would want to do something like that of my own. Mm-hmm. And fashion didn't feel like the right, I guess, form or avenue to do that. And I've, I've always loved painting. So, um, so yeah, after working in the fashion industry for 10 years, I was like, oh, why don't I just try something different, something that I am truly passionate about and, and truly love. Um, and so, um, wait, what was the second part of the question? What was the transition period like in terms of like moving from modeling to being an artist? Yeah. The transition, I feel like art, you know, I did some interiors, um, and, and fashion, I feel like all of these things kind of go together. They're both, mm-hmm. they're all, you know, working, um, around, you know, aesthetics and, and, and I, yeah, I think they all go kind of hand in hand. So when I did a bit of a, a leap to the fashion, uh, to the art industry, I feel like, um, yeah, it wasn't like too crazy of a jump. Yeah. Um, really. And everyone has just been really supportive and um and the art has been very well received so um yeah it was a bit it was definitely a little bit gut-wrenching when I had my first exhibition because you know it was it was something that was completely new for me it was a a new world but um but afterwards it just felt really right and Mm -hmm. I felt supported so yeah Great. And how did you hone your artistic style and your creative voice in a, as an artist? Where do you kind of find your inspiration now that you're working on pieces all the time? Well, um, I've always gravitated towards colour mm-hmm. and have been fascinated with how colour can evoke different emotions and transform a room. Um so, but in terms of voice, I would say I'm, I'm at the very beginning of my career as an artist and I'm still finding my voice and what I want to stand for. And I think in my next exhibition, that'll be a lot clearer. Mm-hmm. Um, working on something uh, that's probably my, yeah, my most proud body of work to this day. Um but I don't want to share too much, so I'll just leave it at that and you'll have to come and see the exhibition. Yes, we'll make sure to link everything when it's all live. Um, And in terms of your creative process, when you start a new project, like you mentioned you've kind of got one that might be in the works at the moment, how do you decide what you want to start and what is kind of those first few steps that you take um, when you are starting a new piece in terms of like research and looking at materials and that kind of thing? Um, Well, the first thing I start with is a concept Mm -hmm. um, and what themes I want to work with. Um, And then from that, I try to figure out how I want to express that through form and which mediums. Um, and so, yeah, I think like linking the two is very important and making sure that each decision is very considered. Mm-hmm. Like I'm using sculpture to express this because, you know, this reason. Um, so, yeah, I think for me, especially moving forward as an artist, I. I think it's really important 
for every step of the process to be super considered and um and yeah meaning behind each decision um so yeah and as someone who's followed you for a long time i mean i have really followed you since like the youtube days um but i've always been i guess in awe of how confident um and sure of yourself you come across as on social media and having met you in person that definitely comes across as well when you meet in real life in terms of things like self-doubt and imposter syndrome and which can be quite prevalent in an industry like the fashion or the art world where it can be quite competitive and you can't comparison can kind of infiltrate your mind how do you kind of overcome feelings of self-doubt or feelings like of imposter syndrome how do you overcome them you know, I have been lucky enough to surround myself with some really hardworking, successful, um, talented people. And I can guarantee you every single person, no matter how successful or not they are, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are winging it just as much as you and I are. And I think I just have, I just re remind myself of that. Um, and yeah, there's no blueprint for anything. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like there's no blueprint to become the editor in chief of Vogue China. Or there's no, there's no, you know, you can't copy someone else's route because something that worked for them may not work for you. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I think it's just really important to, trust in yourself and um and value your ideas and and your own work yeah I think that's a great message everyone is indeed winging it no matter how good it looks on the outside no one has any idea what they're doing yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very good. which is the beauty of being an adult um now we couldn't let you leave without grilling you on your beauty routine I think our audience would be very cross with me if I let you go without knowing how you get that glow so Sarah what skincare products do you use in your morning and evening routine so my morning and evening evening routines are very similar mm -hmm. besides maybe one or two products but um just to wash my face I use the most basic face wash it's Cetaphil so good I've used it ever since I was a kid and I don't know it's, it's always worked for me so I'm like if it's not broken don't fix it mm -hmm. and um and so I use Cetaphil day and night um then what comes next is a serum for me so advanced genifique by Longcom mm -hmm. always every day twice a day um sometimes if I'm going to an event or something I take it with me in my bag and I do a little touch-up sometimes it's just nice to put it on um I use it as a bit of like a highlighter mm, that's a good tip yeah just for like a little a little dewy moment mm -hmm. um and then yeah either a rosehip oil mm-hmm one that I love the best is by um, The Ordinary. It's like 100% organic cold-pressed rosehip oil. Um, and then I do love Dermavigils as well um, for a moisturizer. They're C Classic Moisturizer. Um, 
And then what else do I do? Oh yeah, once at least once a week, I always do a bentonite clay mask. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love it. Like I use it religiously. It just, it gets the blood. It, you can seriously feel your face pulsating <laughs> while the mask is on. Love. And it gets the blood flowing behind your face. And I did hear from a makeup artist once that, um, you know, people may have bad skin sometimes because, you know, maybe they don't work out or, or the, the, blood behind their face is like stagnant and ah. so it doesn't have oxygen because it's not it's not flowing like moving around yeah yeah so um so the bentonite clay mask just gets like it gets the blood pumping behind the face and um and you can actually feel it and it just feels amazing and it exfoliates your entire face too so i do that about once a week um and yeah, I love a good infrared sauna. Mm, you know, so good. When you say beauty routine, I'm thinking like holistic. Mm. I think for me, a sauna is really important. For me, meditation is really important. Taking the right vitamins, looking after my gut, looking after my liver. Celery juice is a big part of my beauty routine. Um, yeah. Sounds great. Sounds great. (laughs) Um, And Sarah, before you go, what is one piece of beauty advice that you would love to share with our audience today? Um, I think going off of what I just said, like to look at beauty from a holistic perspective. Mm -hmm. Yes, there are so many topical creams and serums that will make your face look amazing. But I also promise if you focus on your gut health and take the right vitamins and and look after your inside as well as your mind as well, um, you'll feel much more beautiful. 100%. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us on Beauty Talk today and thank you for gracing the cover of our creativity issue. We have linked it in the show notes for everyone to read. It is stunning, if I do say so myself. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you, Rose. Thanks for listening to Beauty Talk. If you enjoyed this episode, hit subscribe for future episodes. Leaving a review helps others find our podcast, so please tell your beauty-obsessed friends. And if you have a beauty topic that you want to learn about on the podcast, DM our beauty editors on Instagram at pretty underscore pretty. You can also join our community of beauty lovers on Facebook by searching Gritty Pretty Gang and head to grittypretty.com to join our mailing list. I promise we won't spam you. You will just receive beauty tips, tricks, and invitations to our events. This is a pro podcast production. Until next time, remember, self-care is never selfish.